0: Like it's been forever.
1: It really does.
0: I'm Grace, obviously. I'm Lydia. And together we are Everything with the Girls. Welcome back. It's been a while. It's been a week or two. And it's good to see you all again. Although we don't see you. I think
1: I feel like your mum was very disappointed in us last week. Oh my
0: gosh, she actually texted me. Oh no, she didn't. She messaged it on she the put it on Instagram. The gr- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was like, sorry, Claire
0: Stop. We need to stop mentioning us <laughs> she, or something. <laughs> um so last week well not last week two weeks ago was our final halloween episode and then we had a week off because your girls have full-time jobs and sorry but exactly
1: Sometimes if you I would just like don't to
0: don't have the mental energy to read into a conspiracy theory and let it consume me for like six days straight
1: uh, this this theme was daunting to me a little bit because oh. i'm not Conspiracy person, so I was a bit like, "Oh, I know I've got to do research, but I kind of don't want to."
0: So this month is unsolved mysteries. So it's not, not like big. It's not. We're not. Well, can we're I speak? not doing flat earth.
1: We're not doing flat. We're earth.
0: like just dipping our toe into the world of conspiracy theories. The latest. It's not like theories.
1: I wouldn't even say it's like full blown conspiracy theories either. I'd say it's like. It is literally unsolved things that people have questions about, so they're obviously going to try uh, and fill the gaps. Yeah, aren't they? And,
0: uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, with unsolved mysteries, you're bound to get some theories because you don't have any answers.
1: Yeah, it's like the theories we had for John Bernie Ramsey and stuff like that, and Black yeah. Dahlia. Like yeah. it's no different to that.
0: So yeah, I'm just easing Lydia in this month with unsolved mysteries, <laughs> and then eventually for our three year anniversary, we might do flat Earth or nine eleven oh, or sake. something fucking big.
1: Oh, God. I'm not sure I'd even
0: want to talk about 911. actually. That's just too much. No, I um, just... Too horrible. Yeah. Um, okay, so this week we're talking about Flight MH370. I'm, I'm sure most of you have heard of it. And if you have, you'll be interested. Um, and if you haven't, stay tuned, because it's really interesting. And we're going to tell you all about it now. Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah? Yep. So, <coughs> can
0: I just dive into it? Let's just dive in. Yeah, why not? So on March the 8th, 2014, Malaysian Airlines flight MH370 took off from Kuala Lumpur International Airport, bound for Beijing, with 239 people on board. Less than an hour into the flight, radio contact was lost and the plane vanished from air controllers' radar screens. Last official communication was around 40 minutes after takeoff over the South China Sea. Only later was it discovered that Malaysian military radar had continued to track the plane as it veered westwards across Malay Peninsula, then northwest west up to the Straits of Malacca towards the Andaman Sea. Sorry, if I'm saying them all wrong.
1: Mate, we just know I'm going to say so Straits of Malacca.
0: Wrong. I feel like it's Malacca. It might be Malaysia.
1: No, Malaysia. Mm, I have no idea.
0: Who knows? I'm sure my mum will message me and correct me.
1: I'm the last person to ask.
0: Um, Malaysian Airlines issued a statement at 7.24 MYT, which is like the Malaysian airtime. Time zone, England is what, GMT?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, One hour after the scheduled arrival of the flight to Beijing, stating that communication with the flight had been lost by Malaysian ATC at 2.40am and that the government had initiated a search and rescue operation. Neither the crew nor the aircraft's communication systems related distress signals indicating uh, bad weather or technical problems before the aircraft vanished. So basically, it just disappeared into thin air.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Countries were very reluctant to release any information collected from military radar because of sensitivity about revealing their capabilities. Indonesia had an early warning radar system, but its air traffic control radar did not register any aircraft with the transponder code used by flight MH370, despite the aircraft having possibly flown over or near the northern tip of Sumatra. So basically, the issue with flight MH370 is like where it was flying from Malaysia yeah. through to Beijing, like those countries. Um, try not to so sound basically- like like so like super Western in my opinion, but like. <laughs> They're very secretive and there's a lot of. Yeah, uh, There's a lot yeah, of stuff going on there that we it, don't know about. And I know that's a bit, maybe you can't really say that because fucking America is exactly the same and England. Yeah. I'm sure England does the same. We just don't get told about it. But yeah, it's when something like this happens and it's like an international, it's like a global thing, it's hard for like mm. countries to join together. But you get that in like, even with cases like, um, I can't remember. Was it the Black Dahlia?
1: Mm, yeah, a different... Um, no, it was Zodiac.
0: The Zodiac, yeah. They, it was so, all yeah, different it, Different sections dealing with it. They don't want to communicate with other people.
1: Yeah, like, so essentially what happens is, I don't know if you go into this, but... When a plane goes into a certain airspace of a country, it's that country's responsibility. Mm. But then as soon as it leaves, that responsibility goes and it's into the next country. So because they flew over so many different territories,
0: mm.
1: no one was willing to take responsibility for it. Or it could have been the opposite where they all wanted to like get involved. Yeah. And then it's too it's too many, too many cooks in one kitchen, essentially.
0: Yes, too many cooks. So, Thailand and Vietnam also detected flight MH370 on radar before the transponder stopped working. The radar position symbols for the transponder code used by flight 370 vanished after the transponder is thought to have been turned off. The lack of official information in the days immediately after the disappearance prompted fierce criticism from the Chinese public, particularly from the relatives of the passengers as most of them on board were of Chinese origin. So, one hundred fifty-three out of two hundred and thirty-nine of the passengers were Mm. Chinese
1: origin. It's also like I don't know if this is relevant at this point, but from when I did it in uni, one of our like modules, I suppose, was mass disasters, Mm. which obviously aircrafts come into that. And the protocol for it is that as soon as a a plane goes off the radar, the motion begins of all right let's get an investigation started see what mm. happened blah 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 and all this and that's where people like kenyan international come in i don't know if they had an involvement in this but they are a mass disaster response unit mm. um and fun fact don't fly with in air because they have no protocol in place if that plane goes off radar no one goes in straight away and does it automatically they've got to report it and stuff like <laughs> <laughs> so you get what you're giving when you're playing paying Ryanair right prices, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> I think people know that. People just
0: accept it. They're like, oh, if I die, yeah. I die.
1: But yeah, it is like a automatic response. Like, it's not like they're not just sitting there twiddling their thumbs for two hours waiting mm. to see if this radar comes back on. It is literally like get everything in place straight away, see what happened, try and find them. Like,
0: yeah.
1: Um, and then it just it's like a fucking snowball effect
0: Yeah, the news media reported several sightings of an aircraft fitting the description of the missing Boeing 777 for example on March 19th 2014 CNN reported that witnesses including a fisherman an oil rig worker and the people of sorry Kuda Huvedu in the Maldives <laughs> saw the missing airline um, a fisherman claimed to have seen an unusually low flying aircraft off the coast of Kota Bura, while an oil rig worker claimed he saw a burning object in the sky that morning. A claim credible enough for the Vietnamese authorities to send a search and rescue mission, and Indonesian fishermen reported that a British woman sailing in the Indian Ocean claimed to have seen an aircraft on fire. Eventually, a sophisticated analysis of the satellite communication from the plane's automated systems indicated that it had then turned southwards, and the search moved to the South Indian Ocean. One piece of debris, a flaperon, broke off from the wing, washed up on the French island of reunion, around 250 no let me start that sentence. Okay. One piece of debris, a flaperon broken off from the wing, washed up on the French island of Reunion, around 2,500 miles west of the search area, on July 29th, 2015. Doesn't a flaperon make you think of, um, in Friends? The phalange.
1: When, yeah. I literally I was just thinking
0: <laughs> that Friends as you when said it. Like, the phalange is broken. <laughs> What's the phalange? Also, Apparently there is a piece
1: of the plane called the phalange.
0: Yeah, also... When they're talking about the transponder in here, it makes me think of, you know, when they're guessing Tramless Chandler's job. job. You're a trans, trans, <laughs> transponder. He's a transponder. <laughs> anyway, so since 2015 when this thing, this flapperon was found, I don't even know what a flapperon is.
1: Is it the bit that goes, like, the little bit that goes up at the back, you know, to um, to sort of slow the plane down a little bit as it's...
0: Yeah, do you know what I mean? Let's say like on the, on
1: the back of the wing, like you can see it flapping yeah, up and I know down what you sometimes. Mean. Yeah, it might be, yeah. to
0: be fair. Um, but since then, other pieces of wreckage that might have come from the wings and engine of the missing aircraft have been found along the coast of East Africa, where oceanographers said that currents would have carried debris from the search area. However, a search of the sea floor where the plane was supposed to have crashed lasting... Three years and costing 105 million pounds, could find no sign of the huge fuselage of the Boeing 777. So, the flight number is MH370. If if this isn't clear, and the type of plane that it is is a Boeing 777, so it's a fucking massive plane.
1: Yeah, and for them not to find anything well, other than that little flapper on.
0: I'm gonna go into this in a sec.
1: Okay. But, but I'm not. I'm just saying, it like plenty. it would have had to go into like little pieces. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To completely disappear.
0: Think about a plane that can fit two hundred and nearly two hundred and forty people in it. That's fucking huge.
1: Plus luggage, everything. It doesn't. Was it a full plane as well? Yeah. Like was it was a full. Uh, roster? Well, I don't know.
0: Maybe I don't know. Um. Okay, so if the plane had broken up on impact, why is there no debris? that you would expect to float. I mean, I know that they found a flapper on and blah, blah, blah. But why is there no seat cushions? There's no life jackets, no luggage, Mm -hmm. not not even a single body. No body was ever found. But all this stuff would float in the sea. I mean, it sounds horrible to say it like that, but this stuff would float. No,
1: it would, though. Like, even, I think it was when I was looking at the Bermuda Triangle one, they found a life jacket from one of the ships that's supposed to have sank on the coast of Florida, like, Four years later, or something. Do you Mm. know what I mean? Like a a life jacket. Like it's mad, isn't it?
0: So that's the weirdest thing that I find about all of this. So hypothetically, I can accept that a plane could crash and its sheer Mm -hmm. weight could sink it to the bottom of the ocean, and you'd never find the plane. Cool, Mm -hmm. like the Titanic. If you didn't know about even like technical
1: functions, you never know about the
0: Titanic. You'd never find it because it's in the bottom of the ocean. Cool. But where are the people? Not a single body. Yeah. There were 239 of them. Where are they? Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. this is getting me. No,
1: it's like when a body decomposes, it it fills with air and fluid. And so it does float. Like, yeah. that's what happens. So to not find anything is very, very strange.
0: Now, obviously, we're not saying that there was no debris. Like we said before, they found the flakron, And they've actually, over the years, found around 20 little bits of debris Mm-hmm. that they've identified as being, quote, very likely to originate from mh 370 So even these bits of debris that they found, they haven't confirmed that it's from that plane. Yeah. Um, yeah. The but, like, flabberon, what the flabberon that they found in 2015 was the first positively identified thing originating from the flight. Mm-hmm. So in after this, in late February 2016, an object bearing a stenciled label saying no step was found off the coast of Mozambique. The part was found by Blaine Gibson on a sandbank off the coast of Vlanculos in southern Mozambique, which I actually looked at, like, where Reunion is. Reunion is, like, by Mauritius, so off yeah. the coast of Madagascar, and then Mozambique is, like, the other side of Madagascar off on the coast of Africa. Yeah, And in my brain, I was like, no way can they be related because they're so far apart. But then you actually think, well, like you said, the Bermuda Triangle thing got found in fucking Florida.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's all the way the currents go and everything, isn't it? Yeah.
0: So if the official assumption is confirmed, then flight MH370 was at the time of its disappearance, the deadliest aviation incident in the history of Malaysian Airlines surpassing the 1977 hijacking and crash of Malaysian Airlines System Flight 653 that killed all 100 passengers and crew. Flight 370 was surpassed 131 days later by Malaysian Airlines Flight 17, which was another Boeing 777. It was shot down on the 17th of July 2014, killing all 298 people on board. Do you remember that? Yeah. I remember that. thinking that they were connected, but they're not connected. It's just really no, bad No, but it's like, why
1: is it Malaysian Airlines?
0: Really bad luck. Or maybe they are connected. It's a big conspiracy.
1: I don't know. Like, obviously, it being shot down is completely different than it potentially malfunctioning and crashing into the sea. You know what mm-hmm. I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: Like, um, I'm sure they would have checked if there were any, like um military ships and stuff in the area if there's fucking th- any thought of it being shot down or anything like that do you know what I mean mm. but I remember seeing like the YouTube videos of it being shot down like I it remember down it like live on down. the
0: news you know when people say like my mom will always say like she remembers where she was when nine eleven happened like watching it on the news I don't really remember that because I was like too young
1: oh I do but that's because I was, only, like, I was five there
0: at the time but I remember watching that that aeroplane like watching the footage of it getting shot from the sky and like falling into mm-hmm. the
1: floor Yeah. That's a whole other thing in itself like. Yeah. How they could ever justify doing that.
0: Well, let's talk about flight 17 because okay. it might be connected. I don't think it is, but it's interesting still to talk about.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, Malaysia Airlines Flight 17, as we just said, was a scheduled passenger flight from Amsterdam to Kuala Lumpur that was shot down on the 17th of July 2014 while flying over eastern Ukraine. All 283 passengers and 15 crew members were killed. Contact with the aircraft was lost when it was about 50 kilometres from the Ukraine and Russia border. And wreckage of the aircraft fell near Harbov. Yeah? Yeah. Harbov, Ukraine. Sorry if I'm butchering that name, but it's going to happen. You almost definitely know this are, by but now.
0: it's
1: fine. <laughs> yeah. An armed conflict in eastern Ukraine had led some airlines to avoid eastern Ukraine airspace in early March 2014 due to safety concerns. And in the months prior to July 17th, reports circulated in the media that the presence of weapons, including service-to-air missiles, in the hands of the rebels that were fighting the Ukraine government in eastern Ukraine. I said eastern Ukraine a lot. I know,
0: sorry. So, so it wasn't
1: actually of- eastern Ukraine of- officials, it was rebels that did it. Yeah,
0: so it was, well, it wasn't this whole thing, I don't even know, this might even still be happening, I don't even know, but wasn't it like northern and eastern Ukraine were fighting? I'm you sure me. I'm really sorry I'm if I'm very wrong.
1: ignorant in this I know. yeah I'm sorry
0: if I'm wrong but I remember it on the news that Ukraine like like just broke out into like war like rebel war mm. and it was this it was like when this plane was first shot down they didn't know if it was like Russian Russia thinking yeah it was that's the what Ukraine I remember airplane, yeah or if Ukraine thought it was Russia like it was like really confusing but it turns out that basically yeah the theory is, obviously it's never been confirmed because no one's going to admit, yeah, I fucking blew up an airplane with 300 people mm. in it. But the theory is that rebel, rebels thought that it was maybe, it's either a Russian plane or a northern Ukraine plane. Okay. And they've shot it they down. They just know
1: that it wasn't there. They've basically. shot it down
0: thinking that it's the enemy, yeah. But it's actually right. like all these innocent people, which is horrible. But also to think that when you said like some airlines decided to avoid Airspace that like war airspace isn't that like a thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah, You should be avoiding that anyway. Yeah. Why are they flying? I think
1: it's a big question as to why they went in that airspace anyway. Yeah. If there was a warning not to, like, I think
0: there are
1: there are probably a lot of different routes to take from Amsterdam to Kuala Lumpur. Like, I'm sure. Um. but no, I rem- all I remember is seeing the videos of it getting shot down and then it being in the media that they thought it was Russia who had, yeah, they either thought it was Russian authorities or Ukrainian authorities that had, had shot down because yeah. it was on the border so they couldn't decide who was who.
0: But you never know. It might have been. They might be blaming rebels. You never know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, that's a whole conspiracy in itself, isn't it?
0: But I think as well, like we'll get onto like the theories of flight 370. But I think there's some hijacking theories in there, and whether or not these two flights are related, like you can, you could kind of see how maybe they could be, but you'll never know.
1: That that's always the initial theory, isn't it, when it comes to flights? Yeah, going down. It was um, it was like the one in the is it the Swiss Alps or the French Alps? Yeah, that happened. And it was full of school kids. Yeah. Um. I mean, after nine eleven, it's always gonna be, well, it must be hijacking before they can,
0: yeah, that's find Evidence to say otherwise. Yeah, so we're gonna so, we're gonna go onto the theories now of flight MH three seventy, and there's like four yeah. main theories. They're kind of interconnected, really. Um, they're not all like con- they're not all. Um, I don't even remember what I was gonna say.
1: They're not all like conspiracy theories. They're just
0: yeah, and they're not all like oh hijacking or ooh. Do you know what I mean we'll get onto them? But some of them are we're like we're not saying
1: that they went, they flew into a black hole or anything no, like that. Yeah, I'm not like, saying, like, oh
0: my god, yeah. But this yeah. first theory that you're going to talk about is it's it kind of brings all the theories together. But it's from this guy mm-hmm. called Jeff Wise, and he like he's really researched it.
1: Mm, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So of course, this has spawned a lot of conspiracy theories, like we've just said. Uh, from hijacking gone wrong to pilot suicide, which was the French or Swiss Alps one, which that like, ends up being a pilot suicide.
0: Interesting. I don't actually know
1: that. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Um and accidental shoot down alien abduction. I mean you gotta fit alien abduction somewhere, haven't you? <laughs> um and even that it had been substituted for MH 17, which was shot down over the Ukraine three months later, which I don't fully understand. Why would it be a substitute?
0: I don't really get that theory, but I think it's kind of like if you look at the Titanic theory, there's another boat. I can't remember the name of it, but they thought...
1: They were almost identical, weren't they? So
0: if you look at the Titanic, one of the theories is that... um... Fuck me, I can't remember the name of the ship. There's another ship that looked the same, but they couldn't Mm. get insurance on it
1: yeah i think i've heard this they took it out
0: they took it out pretending that it was the titanic and it sank obviously because it was a piece of shit and they couldn't get insurance Mm. on it but they thought it was the titanic so they got all this insurance money i think that's that's basically the very bare concept of it but i think it's kind of the same theory as that
1: yeah i don't know Um, So, one of the most intriguing theories came from aviation expert Jeff Wise, who led CNN's coverage of the disappearance of MH370. It centred on the fact that 20 employees of freescale semiconductors, an avionics firm said to specialise in stealth technology, were on board, Um, which is a bit, uh, sus. Maybe yeah. they'll just go to a conference.
0: It is a bit sus when you think that it's like yeah, like a, a
1: It's a co- it's a very big coincidence. What's
0: the word? It's like a a leisure flight. A yeah. flight. I don't even know the word, but it's not like business travel, like British Airways or whatever. Mm,
1: yeah. Yeah. Maybe
0: I sound like a idiot, but I don't
1: know. No, I do know what you mean. Like if it's a if it's a flight more
0: Well it might have a first class. I don't fucking know.
1: Yeah. Um, Wise noted that the plane was initially assumed to have flown north from the Andaman Sea and Malaysian Prime Minister Najib <laughs> Razak. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Najib Razak <laughs> had appealed to the President of Kazakhstan, Nasoltan Nazarbayev, formerly Fair Secretary of the Communist Party of Kazakhstan and ally of Vladimir Putin.
0: Putin! I feel awkward because we're just saying we've just said already said this once, but I fucking called him Putin.
1: <laughs> and then you told me to take it out because you called him Putin, and now you've just said that you've called him if Putin. If are not
0: ranting about <laughs> Trump, then it's Putin.
1: But Trump is out now. So I feel like the next next port of call is Boris. And then after that it's Putin.
0: Uh, got to get I mean, Putin doesn't really bother me, to be fair. I like, his, um, I like his calendars where he's like riding topless on a horse. I think they're kind of cute. <laughs> he doesn't really affect me too much. Anyway, should we get back to the fucking point? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I bet your mum listens to this like, oh my god, they're at it again. Yeah, so he was an ally of Vladimir Putin, and he allowed Malaysia to set up a search party in Kazakhstan. Only later it was thought that the plane had travelled south to crash into the sea in one of the remotest spots on Earth.
0: I'd like to go to the remotest spot on Earth.
1: I saw a TikTok and, yes, I re-downloaded it (laughs) because I have no willpower. Um, And it's this guy, he went to, like, one of the most, like, unvisited islands in the world and he was like, it was literally the best time of my life.
0: Do you know what I would do? I would literally pack a beach towel, some sunscreen... One of those, like, squishy margaritas in a pouch in a book. (laughs) And that's all I would take. That's literally all I would take.
1: I mean, and it was literally this island you could walk from one end to the other. Oh, don't, because that makes me so
0: sad, because every time I think of that, I think of how I was supposed to do that in Cambodia with my mum in April, and it makes me so depressed that we never went. Because we were literally supposed to go on, like, a paradise island where you sleep in a beach hut, and it was going to be Instagram goals.
1: You can still go, just got to put it off for a while. Anyway, back to the episode, because we keep.
0: I'm now officially uh, depressed.
1: (laughs) If I wasn't before, I I am am now. (laughs) So re-examining the satellite data, WISE and the independent group a band of like-minded aviation experts decided that the plane had indeed flown north while bogus data... That's such an American word, isn't it? Bogus. (laughs) You're so bogus.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I just thought where it says a band of like-minded aviation experts, why did it make me think of (laughs) Scooby-Doo? And then Putin's there like, well, I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling kids. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that would be such a good Scooby Doo episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Okay, sorry, I'm just imagining that episode. It would be. It would be great.
0: <laughs> it comes right in. into the creative? Oh, I'm that gonna make so my Scooby Doo.
1: <laughs> anyway, so checking the passenger list, he found that two Ukrainians and a Russian were on board. Little was known about them except that the Ukrainians came from Odessa, a former Soviet naval base, and the Russian's hobby was scuba diving. I mean, okay. He was sitting up in business class with the two Ukrainians further back in economy. So we did have different classes on this plane, so it wasn't just an economy flight. Wise believes that the Russian came onto the plane with a bag of scuba gear, containing three full face masks, as in diving masks, not like the face masks we to wear now. <laughs> no, no. That was just a figment of an imagination COVID back then. <laughs> Once the plane had reached cruising altitude and the cabin staff were looking the other way, he slipped into the Electronics and Equipment, or the EE, bay, which on the Boeing 777 could be accessed through the hatch in the front of the first-class cabin. From there, he could control all the systems on the plane. Now, I don't know about you,
0: I feel like people would monitor I've that seen,
1: a little bit more. Uh, Yeah, I've seen these hatches on... You know when you're walking through the plane, you see little hatches on the floor, don't you?
0: Yeah.
1: For a grown man to get down there, it's not going to be a swift movement. You know what I mean? Someone's going to notice it.
0: You never know. Like He's even probably scuba diving and fitting into small places.
1: Maybe, but
0: you might be like, I feel like you'd need what like a key and stuff to get in, in. there as well. Huh?
1: Maybe. I feel like you'd need a key and stuff to get. I well, feel like they have, like, have made a key.
0: He might have actually printed a key. And then remember,
1: this is not James Bond.
0: Covered himself in Vaseline and slid forward oh <laughs> like a worm. <laughs> oh
1: my god anything was possible but what i'm saying is that wouldn't have been a simple task that would be enough time for the stewardess or stewards to notice someone trying to break into a unauthorized area alert the captain and then him to have
0: yeah i do i do agree to be fair my my common my common sense is kicking in and it's like this isn't a fucking like you said this isn't a james bond movie like if you want to hijack a plane
1: that's you... not going to be a three second task you know what? What I mean? if you
0: want to hijack a plane people have done it before and mm. fucking hijack the plane old school
1: mm.
0: i do agree with you we're but... not telling you to
1: hijack a plane by the way this no. is just so bad theories idea. coming in Don't do yes it. please do not do it so Apparently. I'm just going to keep saying apparently because I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not okay with this theory, personally. <laughs> so first, he would have to cut off all communication, then plugged in portable equipment that would upload false satellite data to the system. From the EE bay, he could have depressurized the cabin while he and his two accomplices breathed oxygen through their diving masks. Again, I feel like people would notice if you've got a tank of oxygen. On a plane. Yeah, but they're unconscious. a diving mask.
0: Yeah, I, I did think that. Where's your time? I confusion? mean taking it
1: on the plane, like
0: let's just it's, carry it's not, on. It's let's not a simple just thing. Carry on.
1: I'm sorry, this is what I'm like with conspiracy theories. Can- I will warn you, I have a lot of questions with conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a skeptic, okay? As he turned the plane to the west, the fight clue would have spotted that something was wrong. After he's cut off the oxygen to the plane, they then notice something's wrong. But there would have been nothing that they could do about it, clearly. None of the checklists would have covered a possible hijacking from the EE bay, and the anti-hijacking lock on the cockpit door would also have been controlled from there. When it was opened, the two burly men wearing oxygen masks entered, giving the hijackers a total control of the plane. While the crew and the passengers lapsed into unconsciousness, the plane threw across the Malay Peninsula along the Malaysian-Thai border, where it was unlikely that anyone would be looking out for a rogue aircraft. When the plane turned around and flew up the Straits of Malacca, between Thailand and Indonesia, instead of turning southwards, Wise thinks that flight MH370 continued northwards to Kazakhstan, sending its last electronic handshake to the satellite near the Baikonur Cosmodrome in Kazakhstan, which is leased by Russia to launch the rocket supplying the space station. Um, Baikonur had a runway nearly 15,000 feet long built to land the Buran space plane, the Soviet Union's version of the space shuttle, whose program was cancelled in 1993. This is the only airstrip in the world built to specifically for self-landing aeroplanes and the 777 has an auto-landing system. That meant that even someone who had no experience flying commercial aircrafts could land the plane safely. There are faults to this theory, of course, as I've... the genius I am, have already pointed out. <laughs> I'm such a wanker. <laughs> Baikonur is in the middle of a flat, treeless plain, a difficult place to hide something as big as a Boeing 777, and the hijackers would have just 90 minutes to hide it before the sun came up. Studying satellite imagery, Wise noted that a huge building at Baikonur, which has been left to rot after the Buran project had been abandoned, had recently been demolished, where It had been, was a now large patch around the size of a 777, covered with rubble, where the plane could be hidden. But if it's covered with rubble, how are you going to hide a plane in there?
0: So they've destroyed the plane and put rubble over the top of it. Mm, Okay. (laughs) What,
1: three men, yeah? (laughs) Yeah, Three men and there's no... uh, machinery and stuff around like it's an empty no okay so phase.
0: so i understand this theory has lots of flaws but you can't deny that it's very interesting that i'm not sure what's interesting about this theory.
1: i just think it's a, it's it's a few coincidences that they've made a whole story out it's of
0: very very far-fetched But...
1: But there's also no evidence to... You can't say someone is a hijacker just because their hobby is scuba diving.
0: And they're Russian. That's fucking racial. Exactly.
1: Like, it it just... You can't... Like, I'm pretty... Like, I imagine this Jeff lad is American as well. Probably. If he's pointing towards the Russians, because they have a very uh, odd relationship, don't they? Okay. Wise says he can offer no motive for the hijacking. However, both during the Vietnam War and World War II, the Soviets seized American and Allied prisoners who had specialised technical knowledge. If the cavern had been repressurized after the hijackers had taken over the plane, the 20 employees of, of Freescale could now be producing the latest stealth cloaking systems for the Russians. Huh? All right, what about the other 259 people on the plane?
0: Right, they're just prisoners of war.
1: Like, I mean, how are you going to hide two hundred people? Like, I just can't. No, you I don't can't. hide
0: them. You just get
1: rid of uh, them. Yeah, I, no, I can't. But
0: the only, the only pro that this argument has is that there was never they never found a plane or anybody's.
1: Yeah, no, I get so that. The only one could be like, and okay, that's maybe the whole. Maybe. Yeah, I do understand that, but. For all of that to happen within 90 minutes, for them to destroy a plane within 90 minutes and then cover rubble over it before the sun came up so no one could see, and for no one to notice a plane being destroyed. I can't imagine that is a quiet task. Can you?
0: No, you're right. You're totally right.
1: I don't know. I don't know about those guys. But I also can't provide a other explanation.
0: I know. That's what's so annoying about this. Is You, know it? I mean? you read them, you're like, well, that's not fucking true. But then you don't know the truth and it's so fucking frustrating.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, right, let's go on to some, we've got three more theories and they're much vaguer, but I think they're a lot more plausible and there's a lot more questions that need answered.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So this next one is passenger involvement. So it's kind of related to the Jeff Wise thing, but not really. So Two men boarded flight MH370 with stolen passports, which raised suspicion in the immediate aftermath of the disappearance. The passports, one Austrian and one Italian, had been reported stolen in Thailand within the preceding two years. Interpol stated that both passports were listed on its stolen and lost travel documents database, but no check had been made against the database since the passports were first reported stolen. So it took them fucking ages to realise that two of the people that were on the plane weren't who they said they were. Mm-hmm. Malaysia's immigration officials were criticised for failing to stop the passengers travelling with the stolen European passports. The two one-way tickets purchased for the holders of these passports were booked through China southern airlines, and it was reported that an Iranian had ordered the cheapest tickets to Europe via telephone to Bangkok and paid in cash. The two passengers were later identified as Iranian men, one at age 19 and the other 29, who had entered Malaysia on the 28th of February using valid Iranian air passports. The two men were believed to be asylum seekers. However, the Secretary General of Interpol stated that the organisation was inclined to conclude that it was not a terrorist incident. I'm not really sure how you conclude that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't um, know. So they're basically just saying that it's a bit dodged that two asylum seekers managed to get on a plane to China without it being flagged that the passports were stolen. Not to say that they were involved in the plane going down or anything. I think but, the
0: issue. I think the issue is with this. With like when something disappears and there's absolutely no, like
1: inclination. Yeah,
0: there's no evidence of what happened there's no, it's not like a murder like a murder mystery where you've got the family to question and blah blah blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. there's nothing it's just disappeared into thin air so you get all these theories and you get all these questions and people are like well why didn't you like look into this before but it just makes yeah. it even more frustrating because you just end up with more questions than answers
1: definitely so the third theory comes with crew involvement Mm. us officials believe that the most likely explanation to be that someone in the cockpit of the flight reprogrammed the aircraft's autopilot to travel south across the indian ocean Police searched the homes of the pilots and seized financial records for all 12 crew members including bank statements credit card bills and mortgage documents on the 2nd of April 2014, Malaysia's police inspector general said that more than 170 interviews had been conducted as part of Malaysia's criminal investigation. Media reports claimed that Malaysian police had identified Captain Zahari as the prime suspect. If human intervention were eventually proven to be the cause of flight 370's disappearance. The FBI reconstructed the deleted data from Captain Zahari's home flight simulator, but a Malaysian government spokesman indicated that nothing sinister had been found. The preliminary report issued in March 2015 stated that there was no evidence of recent or imminent significant financial transactions carried out by any of the pilots or crew. And that analysis of the behaviour of the pilots on CCTV showed no significant behavioural changes. So they weren't acting a bit any jumpy or anything like that, essentially. In 2016, a leaked American document stated that the route on the pilot's home flight simulator, which closely matched the projected flight over the Indian Ocean, was found during the FBI analysis of the flight simulator. This was later confirmed, although the FBI stressed that did, this did not prove the pilot's involvement.
0: They find that really suspicious that the FBI originally reconstructed it and found quote nothing sinister, and then in two thousand and sixteen, mm. it leaked something leaked, um, and they found it, like a flight that closely matched like, it. They find that weird. Yeah, why did the FBI always covers stuff up, huh? But this is the
1: thing: why would they cover up? a pilot's involvement like again I'm bringing up the Swiss Alps one but like that was pilot suicide they were they weren't they were forthcoming and saying this this guy was was responsible
0: maybe this pilot was working with I don't know America and Russia I don't fucking know
1: so he was a double agent and we're going back to James Bond yes okay I'd like to know where I'm at with these
0: (sighs) I don't know Okay, so here's the last theory, which probably most people are going to think is realistic because it doesn't involve the Russians or anything like that.
1: Yeah, I'm just looking at it now, and this one actually does seem a bit plausible.
0: (laughs) So it's cargo. So Flight 370 was carrying 10,000 kilograms of cargo. 221 of that is lithium batteries. Lithium batteries can cause intense fires if they overheat and ignite which has led to strict regulations on their transport aboard aircraft. A fire fueled by lithium batteries caused the crash of UPS airline Flight 6, and they are also suspected to have caused a fire, which resulted in the crash of Asiana Airlines Flight 991. That's it. That's the theory. Cargo. I mean, if you,
1: even, even like little batteries, if you don't store them correctly, you can't have a certain amount. Like. But it
0: is interesting because if you go back to like, the very first things we were talking about before we were talking about the theories when they said that a woman saw a plane on fire
1: yeah yeah well it's two people two people in totally different locations
0: and you also go back to where is the debris yeah it doesn't just burning to nothing like you would find a plane carcass wouldn't you I
1: mean, I I, guess... I don't know. It depends what altitude they were at when it's they started there, burning, and everything. Does, how long it, it was burning for? why what?
0: things that would normally float had disappeared, like like life jackets and stuff, and cushions, seat cushions. Like obviously, that when they're on fire, they burn. Yeah. Maybe does it? Does a like a skeleton of a plane sink to the ocean? God, have I just? I I eventually, just yes.
1: It. But I think this is the most plausible. Like, and to be honest. By the time they'd figured out that it was the South Indian Ocean where it had gone down, where they think it had gone down anyway. Mm. Like, if you, when you see plane crashes and everything, even like the plane, the main hub of the plane and stuff, yes, you can still see it on the, on the, at the top of the water, but it is sinking. Mm. Like, it doesn't float, especially if it's like in half. It doesn't float. It just takes a while to sink. so if they've waited weeks to go down to that search area Mm. or even days it's probably gone down by then Mm. like anything could happen and i understand that they they search the seabed and and what have you or whatever but if it's been burning and stuff or even an explosion i i I really doubt that it's going to be like a full plane Mm. like carcass you know what i mean i don't know
0: Maybe you just think this is the most realistic one because you're scared to admit that Russia might be no, hijacking planes it. and keeping people Oh my
1: god. <laughs> I am a realist, okay. What? Like I hate to break it to you. Wow. I'm not a conspiracy theorist.
0: Okay. Well, on that note, let's talk about the aftermath, what happened afterwards. So yeah. like we said before, because there's those of regional conflicts and nobody wants to talk to each other, there's genuine trust issues um as a result the investigation from the beginning was really hampered so that it that's kind of why i would say that's why we don't have any answers because it took them so mm. long to fucking sort themselves out yeah so international relation experts have suggested that deep rivalries over security intelligence made meaningful multilateral cooperation very difficult. There was also criticism at the delay of the search efforts. When explaining why information about satellite signals had not been made available earlier, Malaysia Airlines stated that the raw satellite signals needed to be verified and analysed so that their significance could be properly understood before it could be publicly confirmed their existence. In June 2014, relatives of passengers on Flight 370 began a crowdfunding campaign with an ultimate goal of raising $5 million as a a reward to encourage anyone with knowledge of the location of Flight 370 or the cause of its disappearance and to reveal what they knew. Lack of evidence in determining the cause of Flight 370's disappearance as well as the absence of any physical confirmation that the aeroplane crashed raised many issues regarding responsibility for the accident and the payments made by insurance companies. Can you imagine, like, your family have just disappeared or died or whatever and then nobody wants to admit that it was their fault or give you compensation or anything? Yeah, How shitty. but then it's
1: like, even the compensation compensation given, you're like, well, fuck you, I'd rather know what's happened to them, yeah. I don't need the money, like, you can't put a price on someone's life, like...
0: Well, that's what, yeah, I mean, under the Montreal <laughs> Convention, it is the carrier's responsibility to prove lack of fault in an accident, and each passenger's next of kin are automatically entitled, regardless of fault, to a payment of approximately $175,000, Amounting to a total of $40 million. Wow. Soon after the disappearance of Flight 370, Malaysia Airlines offered an ex gratia condolence payment to families of the passengers. In China, the families were offered £5,000 comfort money, but some rejected the offer. Some, yeah, some people do that, don't they? Mm. Yeah, in China, they got £5,000 each, like comfort money, but in Malaysia, the Malaysian family's only got 2,000. Fucking rude. Mm. So that's it. We're done. The disappearance of Malaysia Flight 370 is described as one of the biggest mysteries in modern aviation history. But we're never going to know what's happened.
1: No. Nope, not at all.
0: I feel like these these ones like we do, like the Unsolved Murders, Unsolved Mysteries, like they have really like unsatisfying endings.
1: <laughs> like yeah but that's because we're not they we're not no conclusion because we're like oh well, yeah we just talked about it.
0: this fucking topic for an hour but we actually don't know yeah, soz.
1: yeah. but if you have a theory
0: just let us know it. yeah my Let's
1: theory
0: is on alien abduction
1: my theory is the really realistic fire theory
0: Okay. Well, let's see if we can. But then a fire
1: wasn't reported in the automatic system. Uh Oh,
0: plot twist!
1: Let's
0: see if by the end of the month you are a fully-fledged conspiracy theorist.
1: I can tell you now, I will not be.
0: Okay. Well, whatever. I just can't. I can't
1: like wrap my head around them.
0: It's not even like I believe them, but I just find like they're just so interesting. Like some people's imagination is just like unbelievable.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, but obviously, it's,
1: like, it's when people can't differentiate between their imagination and what they think is reality. That's what annoys me about conspiracy theories. Yeah,
0: because it's like I mean, obviously, the Earth's not hollow, but like we can all agree it's definitely flat. So you have to just find the. Mm-hmm.
1: Let's not go <laughs> on to that, shall we? I'm joking. I'm
0: joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But um, it's in the shape of a rugby ball. No, it's
1: just like I don't know. I'm more willing to hear about conspiracy theories of like the JFK assassination and stuff like that yeah. rather than like flat earth. Like, yeah. that stuff I'm like, mm, can't.
0: Well, can't the JF- head, I, God, I mean, it's my opinion, but the JFK assassination is not even a theory anymore to yeah. me. Like, it's like, <laughs> there's no way it was just this one random sniper guy.
1: Yeah, there are parts so of it that just doesn't make sense. That definitely like, the runs principle.
0: deeper. But anyway, that's for another day. So yeah. next week we're doing... What one are we doing?
1: Bermuda Triangle. Bermuda Triangle.
0: And then we're going to do Roswell. And then I was actually thinking we could do the Amelia Earhart one, but then that would mean we go into December. Yeah, because yeah, we missed a week, but that's up to you. Yeah, that's fine. And then, I don't know. We could, ooh, oh, my God. There's... um. I was just thinking, could we do a Christmas theme? Not really, but I was th- just thinking, could we do a Christmas theme? And I thought, mm, not really. But then I remembered that I fucking read about, that's what it is, Krampus. Yes. Yeah. And th- like, I've done a whole blog post on it. Like, it's massive. We could definitely do a thing about Krampus.
1: Yeah. We'll figure something out.
0: Yeah. But anyway, that's that so we hope you enjoyed
1: it and if you would like to know what's coming up next although we have just explained it but in more detail go on on instagram we sometimes put stories up sometimes we don't depends how we're feeling that week yeah but um yeah our handle is at everything with the girls pod um if you listen on spotify follow us please and if you listen on Apple Podcasts, even if you don't, but you have access to it, please leave us a review and let us know what you think. Do we have any we reviews yet? do about it. Do we have we any- do. Well, we've got stars. We've got three five-star reviews.
0: Stop it. From who?
1: It doesn't let you know. But what I mean is by leave a review, like, let us know what you think. If you have constructive criticism, that is fine. But if you're going to be a wanker about it, you will get blocked. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not here, um, uh, 2020's been bad enough I'm not here for people being rude on the internet
0: I'm not here for it okay?
1: yeah so
0: and on that note we'll see you next week
1: on that bubbly positive note from Lydia <laughs> uh, have a great week Bye. bye